Welcome to the Botstuber Austrian American Podcast, produced by the Botstuber Institute for Austrian American Studies. We feature interviews with experts examining the historic relationship between the United States and Austria. My name is Jonathan Singleton, and I am your host for today. What did common people in Central Europe imagine when they heard the word America in the 16th through 19th centuries? Thanks to the work of our guests today, we can see America through early modern eyes. Long before Austrians and Germans migrated en masse to North America and could see it for themselves, they could gaze upon allegorical paintings of the American continent in their local churches. Dr. Marion Romberg joins me today to discuss how artists depicted the world through allegorical personifications of the four continents, Europe, Asia, Africa and America, which appeared in murals, on pulpits and altars, and in paintings across hundreds of rural churches in southern Germany, Tyrol and the rest of Austria, starting from the 1580s up until the 1850s. Dr. Romberg is a research associate at the Institute of Modern and Contemporary Historical Research at the Austrian Academy of Sciences in Vienna. She received her PhD from the University of Vienna, where she worked on a project analysing the continental allegories in southern Germany and Austria. She has published some of these results in a book, Die Welt im Dienst des Glaubens, The World in the Service of Faith, and several articles. She currently works as part of a project on Empress and Empire, Ceremony, Media and Rule from 1550 to 1745 with Dr. Katrin Keller. Dr. Romberg joins us today to talk about how the image of America, with feather crowns, parrots and crocodiles, was popularised in early modern times. Okay, so Marion, tell me, um, how did you come to study the iconography of uh, four continents? Yeah, it, it happened actually in the year of 2004, when I, I started in 2003 studying history and art history. And in my second um, semester, I came across the Four Continents allegory. And it was in our class where we had the um, task to identify all iconograph, all continent allegories in Vienna. And, and then I started with a team, with a colleague, to searching for them, to, to go out looking for them. In, and we found some in Liechtenstein, um, Palais and in the Kunsthistorisch Museum and in front of the Naturhistorisch Museum and so on. So, and that actually started my fascination with this topic because I said, okay, okay, they are, they are so public and they really show you in a very shorthand way an image of the, of the, of the entire world known at, at a specific point of time. So it's a, at, um, in the front of the Naturhistorisch Museum where we have, uh, we have continent algos from the 19th century, we have the five continents with Australia as well. But all the others we found were from the Baroque age, so from the 18th century. So, and there were only four continent algos or continents known, Europe, Asia, Africa and America. And then, then, then we took a closer look at how they are um, depicted like Europe as a, a queen, uh, America, um, um, Asia like a Turk, for example. Um, Africa and America are also always depicted very wild and uh, naked, barbaric, and so on. And that started my fascination with this topic. And then I continued studying and so on. And I always had it in the back of my mind, and I was also very fascinated with 
a question of identity and alterity, how identity was constructed and so on. And then I decided very early on what I will write my master thesis. And uh, my, my master thesis actually was all about the continent allegories in the in Austria, in the republic in the, in the territory territory of the Republic of Austria, and in the media of Fresco. And so it was a wonderful topic because it uh, it. Uh, gave me the chance to get to know Austria better because I'm German and I came to Germany. Uh, sorry, I came from Germany to Austria. So I knew Vienna very well, but not the other, not, not the rest of Austria. So I said, okay, I took my car and went from one church to another, from one monastery to another, and um, collected research on the state of research we have until 2012. There was like, there um two major studies from the 1965. It's an article in a, in a, in a lexicon. And uh, that's, that's really the first fundamental uh, study of the iconography of the four continents. And then 20 years later, in 1985 or 1984, another great study, also in German, both in German, um, was published uh, by Sabine Pöschel. It's about the airtile in the uh, in the 16th and 18th century, and she really focused uh, on on 112 examples from all kind of media from all Europe, and she focused on the iconography as well. And uh, our approach in our research project was a bit different, because we decided just to focus on a specific region, like the south of the Holy Roman Empire. Con I mean consisting of um, Germany, Austria, and South Tyrol, because, yeah. And um, there were, and we noticed that there is a high density of these continent allegories, and um, we decided to focus on a, on a region. Secondly, we decided to focus on only continent allegories which are still in their original place, meaning fresco, Stucco, but also 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 altar paintings, which are still there, uh, and also um, sculptures, like on pulpits and so on. So we uh, and because it was because we, when we focus on this, it gave us a chance to really understand their or their original place for what they were meant their uh, their original reception how they were um, um, watched or received and um, what public um, they aimed for what target group and so on so that made it it a lot easier and um, sec and thirdly um, we we all I mean we focused also on uh, village churches, especially that was my part especially because um, every second continent goes we found we found more than four hundred in southern Germany and uh, Austria and South Tyrol, and um, the major part is in uh, southern Germany uh, with uh, and with almost more than half is in southern Germany and, um, and, and most of them are in village churches. So we have now a space where uh, people from rural area uh, had access to, where 
Parishioners, from uh, like farmers, like the maids, like the uh, yeah, not the educational and ruling elite. So and that was especially the 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 the, the interesting part, which 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 me. Uh, really interested and uh, which me started thinking about uh, digging deeper and writing my dissertation on it. What is a continental allegory? Okay, let me cite uh, our Pope. He, he, was, he was one of the first, uh, or actually he's yeah, the only one we have, or I found the only source we have where, where contemporary fall down how he saw the continental allegories. And Pope Gregory the Thirteenth, uh, he visited in 1578 the residence of his Cardinal Alessandro Farnese in Caprarola. And in his travel memoirs, which he uh, published one year later in 1579, he paid particular attention to the decoration uh, of this new palace there, which Farnese uh, built himself. Oh has built. Uh, and he described the continent allegories in the Sala della, Mop della Mappa Mondo which, um, with following words. He thought, the world is depicted in beautiful paintings, then divided into its four parts, namely Europe, Africa, Asia and America. Or Europe is a beautiful maiden with a head full of many towers on her head, her dress has been slashed and she has an orb in her right hand and a dull sword. And a, and a standing boy with hands full of ears. Below her is Africa in the form of a brown maiden, who wears an elephant's trunk above the adornment of her hair. Asia has a hat on her head, also full of towers, and in the right a golden vessel. America is a black woman dressed like a gypsy woman. At her feet are parrots and other things peculiar to these lands. So Pope Gregory XIII, he encountered a relative young iconography. So in, in 1492, America was discovered and he, he fought this in 1579 and the Villa Farnese was built in the 1570s. And, uh, the, 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 uh, and although the, the iconography of the continent allegories goes back to antique, with the Europe, Asia and Africa, also already Alexander the Great was depicted as a ruler of Africa with the elephant's trunk and so on. But in the medieval time it was almost forgotten, or it was reinterpreted in a Christian sense of way. And uh, then, it's after the discovery of America, after the, or after the, the, the discovery of the of new of the new world, not only Africa but also Asia and the race, and so on, it um, the general public or the or, or especially the the court public got more and more interested, fascinated by by these foreign lands and so on, and uh, and our first um, um, source, which mentions the four continents, so like really the four continents, like Europe, Asia, America, Africa, we have, I mean, before then we have them maybe uh, individually or paired with 
Germany or with other personifications, but the really the four together, the only the four together, it was in an Omegan, like an entry, in the city of um, Antwerp. Antwerp? Antwerp? Antwerp. 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 In 1564. And then, four years, uh, seven years later, in 1570, we have the first pictorial uh, source, visual source. Uh, it's on the frontispiece of Abraham Ortelius Theatrum uh, Orbis Terrarum in, from 1570. And then we can identify two hotspots of, of, of the further experimental use of this iconography. There was not a standardized way how to do it uh, in this early time. It was in Italy, where Cabrola, for example, or we have got other palaces in Rome, and uh, where we find these continent allegories in fresco. And another hotspot was a, was, a, was a Dutch printmaking, where we have several etchings, series, always four, uh, four, four, four sheets, uh, where Dutch artists um, experimented with the four continents. And um, these printmakings, they really uh, contributed in the further dissemination of the four continents throughout Europe. But uh, to a standardization of the four continents really contributed the, publica the publishing or publication of the of Cesar Reaper's Iconologia. But the four continents were not part of the of the Editio Princeps in 1593, but uh, but uh, but they appeared the first time in the second Editio, uh, yeah, Editio in 1603. With, uh, with really images and so on, and uh, explained how the, how the content algorithms should be depicted. And um, especially uh, like what I said, that uh, Europe was, like, was uh, dressed like a queen and had, uh, had many different kind of um, attributes, like um, for music, for um, yeah, um, culture uh, for painter for religious, showing her really her her uh, worldly, cultural, um, and um, secular um, hegemony in in the world. She was the first. Europe was the first among her sisters. So they were all female personifications, which Cesare Ripa showed, and um, um, especially I mean. America at this point um, was depicted as a woman dressed with a um, plumage, plumage, and um, naked, uh, naked uh, breast and so on. But what is really interesting, at the, at her feet a hat laid, which was um, with an arrow through it. So it was like a beheaded uh, head with an arrow. Mm -hmm. So that's really pointing. At this point, there was still really the, I mean, the, the, the very popular image of the cannibalism of the wild America, and very dangerous. And this really uh, also was picked up by Reaper in his uh, development of his iconography of America. And uh, this book of of uh, of of Reaper really um, contributed in the in the dissemination. Of the continental goes in the 17th, 18th century, so it started in the Dutch printmaking and in and in courtly art, and then in the around the 
the second half of the 17th century also the religious, the Christian art found the iconography and said, oh, that's really good to really show or use this iconography in, uh, to really uh, get the message across that we, that, that the entire world is united in one place. So one of the best examples is Andrea Pozzo's um, uh, fresco in San Ignacio from, from the 1670s. So when did the continental allegory idea reach, let's say, perhaps the monarchy, the Austrian lands or, or Central Europe? Is that around, mm -hmm. when exactly? Was this, you know, 17th century or? Though the first um, in our research project, which focuses on the Habsburg monarchy, on Austria and South Tyrol, the first uh, continental girls we fi find is, is there from 1583 in, uh, in South Tyrol. And we also find in South Tyrol the last continent allegories in, 15, in 1858. So the continent allegories which really fit the context, the Baroque context, because there are later ones in the 19th and 20th century, but they have a different uh, message. But um, the typical Baroque, the, the, la, uh, the last Baroque Continent allegory we find is in is in eighteen fifty eight in a little village church in St Albans in in South Tyrol. So the first one and the last one. And are they very very different allegories too, or they yeah. share still some similarities? Oh, they there. I mean, you still recognize both of them. Who who is who? So because the thing is that you always recognize very easily who is Europe who is Asia. It gets more harder later, especially in the 18th century, that's really the peak of this iconography, where it really, you can find them in almost any church or place. It's, it's really uh, amazing. It's a very, very popular scene, especially around the 1750s. And um, it gets harder to, to uh, differentiate between Africa and America sometimes. Because uh, the thing is what I mentioned before, that um, in the early 17th centuries or 16th century, late 16th century, there was still this image of the, of, of the barbarian, of the wild Indian, of the wild America, which with, with his head and arrow and, so, and cannibalism, this reference. We don't have this anymore, or it was not very, it lost its popularity in the, later in the 17th, 18th century. Uh, so the image mm -hmm. changed from this barbaric, um, um, cannibalistic savage hint, uh, to noble, noble savage in the, the, in the um, 18th century. And, um, but in these village churches, which I mentioned, which, uh, in which they were very popular, um, the, we have sometimes America and Africa, uh, Africa both brown, as a brown maid, some a bit darker and some a bit lighter or a bit red skinnish and so and but always always like um, naked with a feather skirt and sometimes I mean accompanied by a fantastic uh, animal I mean world of animals like lions like elephants uh, parrots which uh, Pope Gregory already mentioned and especially these, these uh, or crocodiles and so on, so especially these animals are 
must be must have been very fascinating for people coming to the church every day every week and getting in contact for the first time with an image of a crocodile because in the 18th century there were no souls no menageries and in the normal village church and they don't and they didn't travel very much they stick to, to their village and maybe went to uh, to, uh, uh, to a pilgrimage or whatever but more or less they stayed close to their close to home so with these continental guys um, the fascinating thing was that the world came into into their church and uh, then they really met for the first time an African or an American. So it must have been a cause of a huge amazement and fascination, I think. Especially when we really remember that um, for uh, in, the, in, in Southern Germany, it was it, I know of, of, of uh, stories from people whose grandmother told, oh, I met my first African or black um, uh, person after 1945 when the American came. So it was very a very rare thing. So when the continental, I mean, continental allegories were introduced by the artists into this, this village church, it really was an aha uh, uh -huh event. Like, um, yeah. So you would say in some ways it's like an internet 500 years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, uh, yeah. it's, it's Google Images in coming to rural Austria in the <laughs> 16th, 17th century. <laughs> yeah, my, 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 in, in, in some words, the world got a bit, uh, or their world got a bit broader, it, it, their perspective widened. They got, also at first, they probably didn't know what it represented. Mm. Like because it was foreign, and they had to ask somebody who knew their their clergyman, their priest. Okay, what is this? What is there? This mm -hmm. now suddenly, and he will probably explain to them. Like they knew that it's Saint Nicholas. Then it, then after a while they will know. Oh, that's America. That's Africa. That's Europe, and so. And then they, they I mean, they know. Okay, they are living in Europe, and they get a sense of belonging to Europe, and especially also getting a sense of. Uh, being the first in the world, being part of a uh, continent or of, a, of, of, of people who are the first in the entire world. So, so yeah, so, so these are allegories in a sense not only define the European sense mm -hmm. of themselves but also then the, the sense of America and other places. Yeah, yeah I think they really populated all, all the knowledge. They were not only decora I mean, I mean decorations, but they were also um, tools to um, get message uh, across. Uh, they were message carrier about the flora and fauna of other continents, like uh, and the animals and so on. And but also, of course, because they were very popular in churches and especially Catholic churches, we don't find them really uh, in Protestant churches. It's 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 more a Catholic topic. The Catholic Church used this iconography also in their um, media offenses, I, I like to call, which started after the Council of Trent. So uh, in, the argu uh, in, in the argumentation against, I mean, against the Protestants. Were there any particular uh, examples or any particular allegories that you saw 
especially say in Austria, that you really thought, ah, that's a strange depiction of, of America, or one that you think is particularly noteworthy that our listeners should, uh, should know about? One of the funniest thing I, I I came across it's it's not in not in not on Habsburg lands but on the shore of the Lake Constance in Lindau in, in a monastery church we've got the four continents and the America pacification and she is accompanied by a putto and this putto is bitten by a crocodile crocodile in its leg and it's really crying very hard oh that's that hurts so. That's a very that's a funny one. It's a really uh, and especially the most famous one, Würzburg. That's but that's Würzburg in the staircase of the um, of the bishopric uh, residence. Um, that's from Tripolo uh, from Tripolo painted in 1753 something like this. That's of course uh, a very elaborate one which really tells a story where, where, where America is sitting on a huge crocodile, a really huge crocodile, it's like, uh, yeah, like a, it, it, it has the size of a, of a dinosaur, it's, uh, so, but commonly America is uh, really, um, is not the protagonist of the story. The continent, I mean, I guess, are always uh, assist in getting a special message across. And they also are the, represent, the representative of the world, of the living world, you know, they connect the spectator in the church or in the staircase, whatever. They are uh, the vehicle in order to get, to understand the heavenly message showing above them. So it's because they are part of this world. If we have any people listening who want to come to Austria, say to Salzburg or to Vienna, mm -hmm. where will they see these? Uh, where could they see America depicted in your libraries? What ones have you found in, say, Vienna? Oh, when you are when you are visiting uh, Salzburg, then besides doing the Sound of Music tour, you should definitely visit the Salzburg residence of the bishop, and there on the on the first floor on the representative floor you're visiting the Schöne Galerie. And this Schöne Galerie, or the beautiful gallery, uh, it uh, carries uh, the continent goes by, uh, by one of the most important painters of Austria, uh, Johann Michael Rottmeier. He's uh, one of the first uh, fresco, or, uh, not the one of the first, but the most important, one of the most important. And he depicted the four continents there in a beautiful way. So, that's a wonderful example when you're going to Salzburg. Then on your way from Salzburg to here, when you're taking the train, you could stop in Linz uh, in, the, in the church St. Ursula, you find the continent allegories on the pulpit. Because they, are, uh, they were not always uh, carried out in fresco, but also they, are, they were part of the pulpit de I mean decoration. So, and they are most little putto. So they are quite cute. And you also find them then when you are coming finally to Vienna, you can go to the Dominican church where you also find them on the pulpit here or the Liechtenstein Palais, you find them there in the fresco, also by Johann Michael Rottmeier again, painted. And uh, in the Kunsthistorischen Museum, of course, also by Rubens. Although the painting now is called different, but that's a quite interesting way how to, sh to show them. And uh, yeah, just you just have to keep uh, keep your eye open and 
you will you will come across them. And then uh, last question is, was there any tiny village that you came across that you thought, yeah, there won't be anything in this church. There, there <laughs> cannot be uh, an allegory of the four continents here. They would never have known about it. Was there anyone that actually surprised you and you thought, wow, they knew about this here? That happened a lot in southern Germany. What I mentioned before in Austria, that it gave me the chance to really get to know Austria by driving throughout Austria, the research project gave me the chance to do it on a much larger scale in southern Germany. So it took me three summers, more or less, in order to visit all the 350s, 50 continental goes I visited there. So I visited really a lot of churches. And I came into little villages where you which you don't visit without purpose. And I knew, oh, there are continental goes And these churches in Wall, for example, uh, I came there, a little church, little village, maybe 80 people, whatever. I don't, I never counted. But the thing is, you, I mean, you come go, you park your car, you go to the church, you see a medieval, Gothic, or even Roman, so really very basic church. And then you open it up and, they, and, then, they, and then you see it beautifully decorated with frescoes and with this. And, but this happens a lot in southern Germany or in Tyrol, even, I mean, also in Tyrol. So all these, because when you are really studying with, uh, with monastery churches or monasteries or palaces, you all the outer appearance also prepares you for, uh, for what you get inside, more or less. But with these village churches, no. If you enjoyed today's podcast and want to see for yourself what early modern Austrians saw of the Americas, check out the database below built by Dr. Bomberg and her colleagues, which shows hundreds of allegorical images from southern Germany and Austria at www.continentalallegories.univ.ac.at. The Botsteber Austrian American Podcast is produced by the Botsteber Institute for Austrian American Studies, which seeks to promote an understanding of the historic relationship between the United States and Austria, including the Habsburg Empire. To learn more about our grants, publications, events, and other programming, visit botsteberbias.org or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube.